Hey, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. We want to welcome you to the Peace of Authenticity podcast. Please join in on the conversation. Hey guys, we are back. What's going on? Podcast number three. What's going on, everybody? Three. And um, we just want to thank you guys so much for um, just reaching out to us and just posting on your social media after you've listened to the podcast. It means so much. It means more than you know um, that we don't want to just do a podcast just because it was a cool idea. We want to do it because it'll impact and because the Lord laid it on our hearts. So it's just really reaffirming and yeah I, I think also it was cool um for every for every listen that the podcast gets it kind of just confirms everything you know that the lord was trying to tell us to do i never really would have imagined that anybody wanted to listen to our podcast and you know we're, we're getting several views so praise the lord um to him be all yeah. glory um but today for the third podcast we just kind of wanted to bring Kind of a message that that a lot of people probably already know, but sometimes I think it's important that we just really stop what we're doing and and we just look back to what what's really important and and I think that we all need to understand that each and every one of us has a desire in our heart, we have a dream in our heart that the Lord has placed there that he wants you to function in, that he wants you to find favor in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to understand that those are more than just dreams that he puts there. It's it's how he sees you. It's how he wants to use you. And um, when you walk into that fulfillment of what the Lord has called you to do, you, you know, you'll, you'll find so much joy and peace in it. And just the fact that he think so highly of us for the dream because I know there's been dreams on our hearts that it's like how can yeah. we do this I don't have that in me I <laughs> right. don't but it just reminds me of even a story um, that Havila Cunnington said in one of her messages and I'll never forget it she talked about this new um, vehicle they bought I think it was like a Tahoe or something and it was a brand new vehicle really nice um, and they were about to go on a camping trip and they had a um, a five a fifth wheel is that what yeah that's probably where they went wrong okay <laughs> one and they're like well okay the um we're sure this is like a sport vehicle you know what i mean a tahoe will be able to pull so we'll have that hitch in the back right well it wasn't there and they're like okay that's wonderful so then they went to the car place to see if they could get a hitch put on and it was going to be like so much money and they were like okay i don't even know if it's worth it we just need to borrow someone's truck or something like that and so then her husband actually just read more into the the style and model of tahoe that they have and there's a hitch in there. It's just you have to open up this certain panel to be able to pull it out. And she just talked about how that's the Lord with us in certain callings that we have where we don't think that we have it, but it's inside of us. If we dig yeah. we dig deeper into him, into yeah. how he created us, then we're going to find that hidden thing that we needed all along to do this. You know, that God knew was there all along. So he believed in us even when we didn't believe in ourselves. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's a, that's an incredible illustration. Um, you know, 
it, we're going to dive into the word here in just a second. I love the way Judah Smith says that the Bible is the greatest love story ever told. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we all know the, the, the verses of, you know, for God so love the world, you know, that he gave his only begotten son. We, like we know that it's a love story of, of God to us. And, and I think that we lose track sometimes of exactly how we look through the eyes of Jesus. And so we want to start today in in Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, we're going to Romans 12 chapter 2 or chapter 12 verse 2. Um the NLT says it just like this, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But I want to read it really quick in the Passion Translation. Um, For all you guys listening, if you don't have a copy of the Passion Translation Mm -hmm. Bible, um, you need to get it. It's so good. It will just change the scope on how you see everything. But the, the Passion puts it like this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Basically what this is, what I'm getting at in this is when when you let go of how you think you're supposed to look in the world and you just inwardly become transformed, which is something that only God can do, right? Mm -hmm. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. There is that reformation that takes place and it changes the way that you think. But this says that you will live a beautiful life, but the powerful part is satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Mm-hmm. When we become inwardly transformed, we become mm-hmm. beautiful in the eyes of Jesus. And and just to know that he looks at us that way mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. Mm. I love that. I love the wording of the Passion Translation. My yeah. gosh. every It's like you have to read it like three times to get the richness that it is. And I love that they explain at the bottom all of the meanings of these words, like in Aramaic, it means this. So then you go to, you know, it's just mm-hmm. so cool. And that's what, what's so amazing about God and about Jesus whenever he walked the earth was a story that I, I feel like almost everyone heard about the woman at the well and how um, that story went down. But there's so much more to it. I was actually digging into it. This morning, because I'm morning, I said morning weird, but um, I've been reading John. Um, I try to read a chapter a day, but it's so good, I read more. And I'm like, that's okay, Lord, I'll just do that. <laughs> but I was reading about the woman at the well. And it's just, so, you know, what ended up happening is that Jesus and his disciples were walking through Samaria, and there was a well, and Jesus is like, I'm really tired, I'm going to sit on the well. Um, I'm just going to sit on the lip of the well and rest while you guys run into town and get some food. You know, the disciples. So they're like, all right, master, we'll be back. And then this woman comes up and, and she's, she's drawing water out of the well. And Jesus yeah. just starts talking to her and they have this discussion and um, about living water. And it's just a beautiful story of him pretty much telling her like, hey, I'm your savior. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. I need to run into the city and tell everybody about this. And there's just so much more to this story because I was reading about um, 
um, the little subtitles here in the Passion Translation. So it'll add little uh, excerpts to the bottom of it. And it was talking about how Jesus, you know, one of the things he said to her, the, one of the first things he said to her was, hey, give me a drink of water. And I would have been like, I ain't your mama. No, I'm just kidding. But she was like, okay. And so there's more to that than Jesus saying, drink, give me a drink of water. Because it talks about how Jesus, you know, he, what Jesus wanted was the refreshing, satisfying pleasure of her devotion. He says to each one of us, nothing satisfies me except you. And how humbling is that to hear that? Because me, in my innermost self, I, I feel the shame of my sin. I feel, do you know what I mean? Like you feel these yeah. things like you're kind of like dirty and why would God, like it blows my mind that God wants anything to do with me, but like that delights Jesus. Nothing satisfies him more than me. Yeah. Like what? That blows my mind because we're just the little nasties that made <laughs> the fall happen in the jump. Everything was great. And then of course we had to ruin it. You know right. what I mean? And all this stuff. And so God's like, oh, bless their heart. I need to help them or they're all going to go to hell. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like you think yourself you think of yourself in a certain light. And then you even see how Jesus saw this woman, this woman that has been married five times, people like, please, I, I bet you do not know somebody that's been married five times. And if you have, I'm sure they have so much shame. And and people even look at them a certain way. And that's not yeah. how you know, we all make mistakes and some people's mistakes are more obvious and, and out there than others. And a lot of us have more hidden mistakes that we cover, but it's hard yeah. to cover that she's had five husbands. And so he says, like, hey, go get your husband. He knew what she was gonna say. She's like, I'm not married. And Jesus said, That's true, for you've been married five times, and now you're living with a man who's not your husband. And what's so crazy here is at the bottom, there's a little extra that the writers uh, that translated this said, in a sense, every one of us have been married to our five husbands or our five senses. The six men speak of our fallen humanity for six is the number of man who was created on the sixth day. Our heart can never be satisfied with what's on this earth. We must have the living water that comes from heaven. Christ is the seventh husband, the one and only who satisfies. Christ is the real husband. And I love at the end here, it says, the sinner drank of the Savior, and the Savior drank of the sinner, and both were satisfied. Like, I'm sorry, but when I picture a Savior drinking of the sinner, I wouldn't feel like that would be satisfying. A sinner's yeah. dirty, a sinner's shameful, a sinner's this, a sinner's that. A sinner is someone that's been married five times. A sinner is someone who, you know, does these shameful things behind the scene. But the Savior's like, no, I see you for you. And that's what we want to talk to talk to you about today that's so important for you to grasp, that God sees what's inside of you. He sees what he created you for. He doesn't see your faults. Like when I look in the mirror and I have a breakout, eh, that's kind of the first thing I see. I'm like, oh, there's a zit. That's nice. Yeah. And that's, that's our first reaction is to see the outward appearance, see what we see. But then we know that the Lord looks in the heart. He knows our intentions and he knows what we are created to do. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's important to, to understand that, that Jesus sees you way different than you see yourself. I mean, you know, you, you just talked about the woman at the well, but you know, there are so many different options that you can choose from in the Bible that, that just reinstate that fact is we always see ourselves a certain way, but, you know, the Bible says that, that he delights, you know, in us and, and that, mm -hmm. that he sees us. Uh, and, and Jesus was able to see people for who they could be and not who they were at that, that given point right there. But um, I think it's important to, to understand that Jesus looks inward to the heart. It's, it's, not, it's not the outward action. It's not, 
you know, like the woman at the well where where she had been married five times and the, the man that she was living with was not her husband. Like it wasn't the outer action, the, 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 the outside skin that Jesus was looking at. He could see through um, to the heart. And, and that's the way that it's always been. Even here's an Old Testament example. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, right, we all know about King David and, and we know um, that, that he eventually became king. But at, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, he was still just David, the shepherd. Like he was out in the fields with the, with the sheep. But in verse 7 of 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Lord actually says to Samuel who went to go and find who was going to be the next king of Israel, the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's so important that we understand that, you know, just like we talked about a second ago from Romans, not to not to be focused on the culture or what the world thinks about you or, or what your outward appearance is. If we're going to truly understand what Jesus has called us to do, we have to begin to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He sees the heart. Character matters Mm -hmm. to God. Character matters big time. And so, you know, David eventually, you know, obviously becomes one of the greatest kings in the history of Israel. Um, But at this time, um, the Lord basically tells Samuel, hey, don't judge him based off of his appearance. To me, that made it kind of seem like David wasn't much to look at. You know, mm-hmm. at least as a boy, and you know, it's like don't don't judge him from his outward appearance because the Lord looks at what's in the heart, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's important for us to understand. And I think a main step in stepping out in the dream that the Lord has given you, um, like what we talked about last week, is at accepting the way He sees us because a lot of us won't accept it. Yeah, we won't accept the love of God. Because it doesn't make sense to us. We won't accept that we deserve, um, well, don't deserve his love. Don't deserve his mercy. Don't deserve, like our, my automatic reaction in and of myself is to, if I do something wrong, I punish myself. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're so dumb. Why would you do that? Oh my gosh, you could have. You know better than that. Yeah. And like all these things, but that's not what, like, it's just, it's so, when you really and truly grasp and accept, main word, accept how God sees you and how God loves you. You will not be the same again. And he can do so many more things in your life if you're not bound by shame. And if you're not bound by just feeling insecure, feeling you're not good enough, feeling you're unqualified. Um, We follow Lana Valzer and she was talking about how she kept seeing the word unqualified, but then it, it exploded because the Lord's like, I need you to stop thinking that you're not qualified. I need you to stop thinking you're unqualified. Yeah. I'm like, we're you let's wake up. Like just see yourself for how I see you. I've called you to do this. Why would I call you to do this if you couldn't do it? Yeah. Like Moses being the voice of a generation with a, he had a speech impediment. He had a stutter, but God calls them to be the voice of freedom in the, you know, over the Israelites. Yeah, I mean, and the, imagine, imagine being put in that position, how scary that would be, knowing that you're not a man of great words, and then the Lord calls you to lead how many, however many Israelites through the, through the wilderness, you know, and into the Red Sea, and, 
everything like that. But another example that that I was thinking as we're as we've been talking about this is what about Gideon? And you know, Gideon was was in you know minding his own business, and then all of a sudden the Lord's like, "Hey, mighty man of valor, I'm I'm choosing you." And he was a little guy. Yeah. He was the littlest of the littlest and, tribe. And he knew it. And he was like, "Well, Lord, you, you picked the wrong dude." You know, he's like. I'm the littlest dude in my tribe, and my tribe's the littlest one in all of Israel. So, um, you're you're obviously you, you came to the wrong person. Is 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 what Gideon, you know, was trying to get at was is like, okay, sometimes we we have to understand that like we know that we're limited in in physical aspects. Sometimes that we aren't exactly qualified to do what God is calling us to do. Um, you, maybe you don't feel qualified to talk to people at your at your workplace mm-hmm. or or even in your family um, about Jesus because it's like man these people have seen me at my worst mm-hmm. these people but God is so much bigger than that yeah God is 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 the God that comes into a man a little dude they like Gideon I mean kind of like probably not a very big guy by any physical standards like he made fun of yeah and he made fun of himself like yeah. he's like dude. I, God, I'm 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 the tiniest dude you could have found. You you picked the wrong guy. But understanding that Gideon, when he walked into that and took the step forward in obedience that said, Listen, I know that I am not qualified for this position, but God chose me. Mm-hmm. And he steps into the realm of that's beyond his understanding. And he steps mm-hmm. in and he says, I know that I don't have what it takes to fulfill this, but I serve a God that's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And and so that's where it really brings it home that that you know in in even keeping the scope on Jesus because you know Jesus is the main character yeah. of of every story. Your life story should even have Jesus being the main character and not yourself. But Jesus chose the men from Galilee, the fishermen from Galilee who who were not considered scholars, they were not considered anything like that, but he made them rise above where their culture had them, right? Or even a tax collector. Right. People hate tax collectors back then. Right. And but I'm saying though like like the 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 fishermen were were low and by cultural standards they were not intelligent. They they were just you know, workhorses that just, the, you know, they were fit. They weren't very intelligent. They weren't, they just worked manual labor and they probably smelled bad. They smelled like fish all the time. Like, so that couldn't have been fun. Mm-mm. But Jesus took them and was like, hey, come and follow me, you know, and transformed them into fishers of men. Well, you have, you know, I, I hear it like the Lord telling me there's people like, oh, well, no one would listen to me yeah. because they see me, I have a reputation like this. Like, they don't know I'm different now. They don't know this, they don't know that, so I'm going to have to just wait longer, I guess, to build up my reputation. No. Let me read you a little bit more about the woman at the well. So, this woman had five husbands and was living with a man that wasn't her husband, so the sixth man, right? Um, I can guarantee you this woman did not have a good reputation in her town. They Nobody respected her. She was actually going out to the well in the mid of the day where no other women would go because she was actually avoiding. She didn't want to go to the woman at the well because that's where all the women talked, the women had fun, yeah. so the women would come in the morning and at the night where it was cooler. Well, she came in the middle of the day in the middle. She was willing to deal with the middle of the day heat to get away from others judgment and others opinions of her yeah and that's where jesus met her Yeah. yeah and so let me read you a little bit about this woman it says although unnamed in the biblical account the church tradition identifies the samaritan woman to be fotini 
An internet search of her name will yield many interesting stories about her post-conversion ministry, including her being named as an apostle of Jesus and her eventual martyrdom. Regardless of the, regardless of the validity of the extra-biblical references, she will go down in history as the first New Testament evangelist to win a city to Christ. Yeah. God is faithful to use anyone to reach others. When we are honest to tell others what Jesus knows, everything that we've ever done and still loves us. Guys, like, she... And what was crazy is Jesus told her pretty much, I am the Savior, right? And so she's like, I have to go tell everyone. She ran into the city and she told them. And the city, they came and followed her. If you don't have a good reputation, the last thing she would have thought is, they're not going to believe me, but I have to go try, right? But the Lord has anointed you. So no matter what you think might happen, no matter what anybody watching might think will happen, if you are anointed, people will follow. It doesn't matter. Do not let your lack thereof or bad reputation ruin what the Lord's called you to do because Jesus Jesus knew that they were going to travel to Samaria at the exact timing where he would bump into this woman at the well all by herself in the middle of the day feeling shame feeling like she was good for nothing having no friends in sin you know what I mean and he touched yeah. her and the anointing fell over her and she ended up being a huge apostle and just so many people were saved a whole city was saved to Jesus because of this woman well and I imagine in that process that not only not only did the people seeking truth follow her to that well, but I imagine even the haters came out too. Like they yeah, were like, they're oh, like, oh, let's see yeah, what she does. We're gonna about. go and prove that not only is is this woman, you know, out of normal, you know, Jewish standards, but we're gonna prove her to be crazy as well. Like, you know, who calls themselves living water? You know what I'm saying? And like so we're we're talking about a woman who basically um you know, she had nothing to lose and mm -hmm. she risked it all for the glory of Jesus and the entire village, the entire town was forever changed because of her obedience in that moment. And I think that that's where it brings it back around to um, the last the last point that, that I wrote down that I wanted to make throughout this is God has always had a plan that included you, flaws and all. I think that it's important to understand that the a lot of Christians like to put on a show that we have it all put together. You know, we have all the answers. Come to us if you need any advice because because I, you know, I have all the answers. I've done it. I've been there. I've done that. You know, I got an A+. Plus. You know, it, it's it's all good. But the problem is um God used a lot of people that were often looked down on and they were down here, you know, they were down low mm -hmm. and Jesus raised them up. And, and I think that's, that's where it's important to understand that um, because Ephesians chapter one, um, verse four says, uh, and he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace." I think it's important to for everybody that's listening, for everybody that, that is a Christ follower everywhere to understand that this was always the plan for your life. 
just as Jesus took that very purposeful detour into Samaria to meet that woman at the well, mm-hmm. he is willing and it was always part of the plan for him to intercede into our lives as well. Mm-hmm. It, it was always a part of the plan. Adoption of you and me was was always in, in the forefront mm-hmm. of God's mind. Nothing surprises him. And so I, I don't know what anybody could be going through today, but here's what I know, that God is not surprised by anything, and you, just as you are, flaws and all, are a part of his plan. Because people cannot look they cannot um see eye to eye with you through your perfection people are always more ministered to by how you have flaws and how you bounce back after you end up falling rather than somebody who walks around like they have it all figured out and i i just don't want you to think for one second that jesus won't meet you where you're at yeah Um, Jesus met that woman. He knew in the middle of the heated day, like Jesus had to sit on the well. He was tired. It was hot. And he was willing to go where this woman was in her shame to meet her. Um, And so I don't want, I think there's some of you out there that's like, well, once I get my life right, I need to do this. I need to do that. And then I can come to Jesus and ask him what he wants me to do. Like, no, come to him now. Come to him in your brokenness. Come to him in your shame. Come to him in your questions and your anger. Just come to him and he just has so much in store for you. He loves you so much. And I feel like there's some people that are listening that feel like they're looked over. Um, yeah. Like Gideon was looked over, I'm sure, multiple times. David was looked over. Well, this woman at tall, the well. So. Yeah. So everyone looked over him. <laughs> but I feel like some of you are like, well, there's no point. Like, people don't even see me. I'm just looked yeah. over. I am the middle child. Okay. Well, from two middle children here at the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was that one? It was a picture of a candle. And it, what did it say? It was, it was the candle on Facebook. It was called Middle Child. And it was like scent. It doesn't matter. No one's sniffing it anyways or something really stupid (laughs) I don't know but it was really funny and we felt that deep but um don't for once think that the Lord looks over you yeah he he sees you he loves you he delights in you you are the joy set before him he if you were the only one on earth that he had to save by dying on the cross Jesus would have done it in an instant without thinking twice that's how much he loves you yeah and that was always his plan yeah Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, but I think I think it's important to also understand that all of these characters that we've talked about today, you know, the, the woman at the well, you talked about King David, you talk about Gideon. At the time where they where they came into intersection with the Lord, right? I guarantee you they did not look highly on themselves as as God did. Mm-hmm. That like like God comes in and he calls greatness out in people. But I can remember being a little kid, you know, as a, as a little boy, you always want to play. You either play like cowboys and Indians or you play like army guys. You know, you pray. I, I, you pray. Yeah, hopefully that you too. do. But, but you play, <laughs> right, with, with a sense of what you can be in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember playing basketball on, on any court that, that I could get onto, you know, outdoor, indoor, it didn't matter. Every time I would shoot a basket, I would I would picture myself being, you know, a college basketball player or, you know, even a littler kid, NBA, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you always think big 
and, and highly about where where you can be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and about where, you know, what the future looks like, the, 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 the endless possibilities. But something happens along the way mm-hmm. in life where we learn through the culture of our society, we put limits on ourselves. Mm, yeah. And we, we learn to look at ourselves as, okay, well, Aubrey, you're, you're a, a six-foot white guy, you know, not super athletic or anything like that. The NBA is just not an option, you know. College what wasn't an option, you know, you weren't quite good enough and everything. And so we learn because the dreams that we had when we were a kid don't come to fruition. We learn to limit ourselves. But here's the thing. God sees us differently. Mm-hmm. And God sees us in the midst. And I would venture to say that everybody that's listening today, that you have something in your heart or something that's always been in the back of your mind. And, and he's like, going to bring it to the forefront yeah, right now while and, we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think that, that it's just been stirring and, and you've been questioning. That's what even happened with this podcast. Yeah. We, we had this this uh, this idea so long ago, but then sitting here and going, well, who would want to listen? You know, who would want to listen to us? Who, who would? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I mean, I hope that you know, are everybody you? is is reaching out to us or whatever. But uh, understanding the fact that when you finally step out in faith and, and, you, and you finally say, okay, Lord, I didn't want to do a podcast. The idea of doing that was never a thing for me until it just popped up one day. And so it's like, Lord, we believe that this is from you. So we're going to step out in faith and, and see what you do with it. Push past the questions, push past the insecurities and just believe that what the Lord has put in your heart, you have in you, even if you can't see it, even if you have to pop the bumper out to get the hitch out, you know what I mean? Like no matter what, if the Lord has put it on your heart, you are, he, he has chosen you to do that. Yeah. You know, he has chosen you to do. There's someone out there that needs to do a Bible study. I know I called you out last week, too. There's someone out there that needs to be, do a well, Bible study. And you're you still do not, not doing it. So you you're are not doing it. And God says, <laughs> stop it. No. But you think that you don't know enough biblically. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, you do. And the most tiny little saying will blow people's minds. So do not think you have to be fancy. Do not think that you have to know the Hebrew origin of this word. Do you know what I mean? Do not think that. The Bible speaks for itself. Yeah, it does. And you don't have to frou-frou it. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to have however high an IQ. I don't, I honestly, what's a high IQ? Do you know um, probably not mine. Not mine as well. Yeah. And so we just shouldn't <laughs> worry about that. Yeah. No, and I think that, you know, um, like you're saying, starting a Bible study or whatever, uh, I think that just by stepping out, mm-hmm. on the, I know like like last week was like step out of the boat and they're like, oh, here we go again. But guys, I'm t- faith is so important. And, and understanding that that you were always a part of the plan. That's that's what I hope that you walk away from yeah. this podcast today with is understanding that when God was creating the universe, he thought of you. Yes. And and that you were always a part of the plan. You exactly how you are right now. I mean, don't get me wrong, I believe that we all need to to grow, right? Yeah. We all need yeah. to plant seeds. We all need to, you know, there's seasons of of growing, there's seasons of teaching, there's seasons of, of everything. But understanding you right now, we're always part of the plan, will help get you the faith 
to know that I can step out and I can walk into this knowing that God's got me. And like, I just keep feeling like, you know what a faithful one is? It's someone, they don't not fall. They still fall, but they get back up. Right. Proverbs. Yeah. So just stay the faithful one. If you fall, that's okay. I'm getting back up. Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm sorry for losing my faith in that. I'm sorry for making that mistake, but I'm back. I'm not going to let my shame keep me down. No. No, because I I think that you, you can conquer anything. Anything that comes your way, any any uh, trial, tribulation, anything that might come at you when you realize exactly how you look. When Jesus looks at you, there's delight in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He, he takes great joy in us. That's why he gave it all mm-hmm. for you and for me. So don't let, don't let the culture define who you are. Don't let the limitations that you've put on yourself. Learn to dream again like the child that wanted to be, you know, a hero when he grew up. You want to be a, a, an, an all-star athlete mm-hmm. and just step forward with the same confidence that you had as a child. The Bible says that, you know, unless you can learn to become like a child again and have childlike faith, you'll never inherit the kingdom of God. You'll never see the kingdom of God. So let's let's step out like that. And let's really understand when Jesus sees me, he takes delight in that. Mm -hmm. And if he's for me, who can be against me? Amen. Amen. So guys, just, we want to leave you with that, that Jesus loves you. When Jesus looks at you, he's delighted. Yeah. He sees you different than you see yourself. Mm. So have a great week this week. Everybody who's listening. Are we putting the bubby laugh on this one too? We're definitely putting the bubby laugh. It got, it got almost uh, more of a talk than us talking. Yeah, than any and of the stuff seconds, we talked people. about. It was three seconds, people. Yeah, three seconds. Hey, hey <laughs> laughter does good for the body. That's all I know. So we will leave you with a gray giggle. A gray giggle. We love we'll you guys. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.